Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Good evening, everyone. From a secure bunker somewhere in New Jersey, I'm Tyler Matheson, in for Melissa Lee, and this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Pete Najarian, Steve Grasso, Monowin Eisen, and Jeff Mills. Welcome to all of you folks. And tonight on Fast, election protection. Wall Street on edge as results roll in, how our traders are navigating the uncertainty. Plus a prescription for profits. The Chartmaster joins with two, healthy, two of the healthiest looking charts in the entire market. And later we gear up for another big round of earnings. The four names that need to be on your radar as we head into next week. But we start, you figured it, with breaking news on the election. It's been 64 hours now since polls closed in America and the vote counting continues in five key battleground states. And let's get right to Eamon Javers with more on where things stand at this hour. Eamon. Yeah, Tyler, that's right. It's now officially Friday evening. We still don't have a decision in this election, but that uh, panel you just showed shows you the trend line, which is Joe Biden uh, having leads now in most of these battleground states that are still outstanding. Let's take a quick whip around some of the most important ones, starting with Pennsylvania. That's the whole ball of wax. Uh, and if you look at the graph on Pennsylvania, what you see is Biden uh, at this point now, 49.5, Trump 49.3. There's a difference there of 14,580. 18 votes with 96% of the vote in. That is a squeaker. It is too close to call, says NBC's decision desk. So we wait on that. 20 electoral college votes in the state of Pennsylvania. If Biden were to win that, uh, that's it. The election's over. Donald Trump can't win without securing Pennsylvania. Take a look at Georgia also, uh, where we've seen a lot of vote coming in in Fulton County around the Atlanta suburbs as well. Uh, that one too close to call. 49.4 for Biden, 49.2 three for Trump. So a lead there for the former vice president of just 4,258 votes. In Arizona, a similar picture. Biden uh, is ahead in Arizona as the counting continues in that state. 11 electoral votes at stake there. Too close to call. Biden 49.9, Trump 48.6, a difference of just over 39,000, we'll call it nearly 40,000 votes in Arizona as the vote continues to come in. And in Nevada, also uh, a similar picture. They've been reporting vote out through the afternoon. Uh, and in Nevada, what you see is 49.7 for Biden, 48.1 uh, for President Trump, a difference of just over 20,000. All of these are close, but trending in the vice president's direction for the most part. So with that said, we're waiting to see whether the vice president will address the nation tonight, Tyler. Uh, it, we were given some indication earlier today that it was likely that he would. Uh, without any major calls, though, uh, it's going to be an open question about whether uh, the vice president will, in fact, address the nation tonight. So we stand by for that. Meanwhile, well, you have some Biden you officials today. Go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. You absolutely anticipated my question. The news was that Mr. Biden was going to speak to the nation tonight. It would be a very dicey thing to do before at least enough of these states have been called to put him over the top. Think uh, Truman and Dewey. Yeah. 
Yeah, the politics of that are tricky, especially because Biden came out earlier this week, right, and said, it's not for me to decide this election and it's not for Donald Trump to decide the election. We have to wait for the votes and the voters and the process to be uh, to be finished. And he urged patience for him to now uh, sort of go back on that and say, no, I'm declaring victory uh, would seem to be, you know, sort of waffling a little bit. Although the president has already declared victory in this election and clearly uh, he doesn't have a victory either. So we'll see what the Biden camp decides tonight. So a lot of eyes on Wilmington, Delaware. I can tell you, I've been talking to some Biden folks, Tyler, uh, about this potential transition if they do pull this out. And one of the things I'm told is they are not expecting to name economic officials until nearly December. Uh, you know, Treasury, National Economic Council, those types of officials, uh, they're planning to mirror Barack Obama's timeline. And that's about when he named uh, economic team officials. So don't think that just because we get a winner here, we're going to immediately know all the names that matter to CNBC uh, in terms of Treasury, National Economic Council. And then in terms of the president, if if he loses here, been talking to an administration official today about what to expect there. Uh, this person says you should expect that the president will be firing some people and issuing some pardons. Uh, this person says, I don't expect him to go crazy and fire everybody, but we should expect some house cleaning. Some China is going to get broken. Uh, on the chopping block is anybody potentially from the defense secretary to the CIA director to Anthony Fauci, the infectious disease expert. All those people uh, could be fired in the coming days by the president according to an administration official that I spoke to today. Tyler. All right, Eamon, thank you very much. What a week it's been, and it continues. Eamon Javers in Washington, thank you. All right, check out the market action this week. It was uh, a rally uh, on really basically no results. The S&P 500 gained 7.3% for its best week since early April. Every single sector finishing in the green for the week, with materials and healthcare hitting new record highs. So as we head into the weekend, with no clear election winner announced, how, Pete Nigerian, are you setting up for next week? What are you going to do? What are you going to tell us? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, Tyler. I think if you go back to last Wednesday and you just look, we started to see the move happen about there because we actually had a volatility index up around 40, and today we actually closed underneath 25. So we, it wasn't just about coming towards Tuesday, and it's not necessarily – just the results of the election. It was just getting to the election. And the lead up to that, you look over at the, at the Dow up 2,000 points. You look up over at, at the NASDAQ up 900 points. An amazing run since last Wednesday. And people started to get a little bit more comfortable about, hey, we are getting towards this, uh, th this election finally. And we knew there'd be a pause. We knew that if it got close at all, there would be a pause and we probably wouldn't have a winner declared on Wednesday. And we obviously didn't. And now this continues to extend out. So it's going to be an interesting path. I still think that people are going to be excited about the markets. Industrials have been strong. But I'll tell you what, it went right back to technology. Take a look at what happened with Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook and Apple all actually really trading very nicely after a really tough week at the end of the week last week for some of those in the NASDAQ side. So I think we're going to continue to extend this to the upside as people start to filter through and decide who actually is the president. And right now, um, it certainly is leaning towards Vice President Biden. Yeah, Steve Grasso, it, fe it felt to me today like the, like the market had gone into victory formation and the quarterback had kind of scrunched down and taken a knee and taken the ball because they didn't want to do anything ahead of the weekend. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about a move to value, but as Pete says, it's been the big growth names that have been continuing to play here. What do you think comes next? Well, let's just start off with, uh, I I'm surprised you didn't pick up on what Eamon said. Eamon said, if, uh, when, if, if and when Trump finally concedes, 
he's going to break some China. You hear that little double entendre right there, Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> so now, so so now let, let, let's just let's just take another step back about taking a knee as a quarterback. So and Pete knows this as well. If you look at the value names, you have GE is up 33% in 25 days. Trinseo, the stock that you never heard of, that one is up 53% in 25 days. Olin is up 73% in 25 days. This is where the performance is coming from. All the value plays, all the diversified chemical space. So if you look at what better value play or deep, deep, deep cyclical and value play can you get other than GE? Apple, during that same time frame, 1.5% profit. The S&P up 5.5%, basically. IWM's up 10%. So I will push back and say, we talked about it a little bit last night. What is the bigger thing to worry about? The Senate. You have that seat. Isn't it very, very sneaky under radar that that Purdue seat in, in uh, Georgia, 49.8%. That means he's getting a runoff. That means both seats are having a runoff. That means what? Kamala Harris could be the deciding vote if we go 50-50 in the Senate. Market's not paying attention to that. Risk-reward, you want to be a seller of tech just in case you want to be a buyer or add to or hold to your value positions. Bonowin, Steve makes the case for value, and the unloved getting some love there. What do you think? No, he makes a lot of good points. I mean, I, I, it's really not that we necessarily have an outcome already. It's really the market trading on what precedent and what the expectations are, right? So we had gotten on here and we spoke about getting comfortable with a, with a blue wave or a blue sweep and what that meant in terms of yield curve and rotation into value out of technology, taxes, et cetera. So we have now, and as I said, I think the, the first, second, and third priority is the virus. What we have is an indication that it at least looks like Vice President Biden or former Vice President Biden will be assuming the presidency. I think that bodes well for our viral response and how we're going to be handling that global pandemic going forward. Right. And then we have what appears to be or what we're headed for as a gridlock in terms of Congress. And I think that looks like there won't be sweeping changes, sweeping Democratic or liberal changes. There won't be massive increases in terms of um, in terms of the tax code, regulation on technology, financial, energy sectors. And I think that's why you've seen the performance in what has been all year market leadership. Now, it, it's still, there will still be stimulus and there will still be some inflationary, I would argue disinflationary uh, pressures on the market. And so the rotation into value, while I, I think that will be more about money on the sidelines coming in and being put into play rather than indiscriminate selling for tax loss harvesting, or sorry, rather to, to avoid taxes and moving out of technology into those value plays. I think you're gonna see more money flowing into both sectors across the board. There will be some rotation, but I think that's why we're continuing to see the market board. Keep in mind, the top four tech names are 20, 25% of the market. I, I don't see how we're going to have a tremendous lift to the upside without those still participating. Yeah. Let's move to uh, Jeff Mills and get your take on it. What do you expect to see next week? There's a lot more to play out here in the election. There are going to be multiple court cases, probably escalating all the way up uh, to the Supreme Court, probably. Uh, how do you think the market will react to that? Where would you be putting uh, any incremental chips today or moving uh, incremental chips out, Jeff? 
Well, Tyler, I'm so glad that you phrased the question in that way because there are just so many unknowns out there that I'm trying to focus on the knowns as we have them today. And, and one of those things is I think that narrow House majority that the Democrats have, I think that's being undercovered. And you have a lot of Democrats in traditionally GOP districts, and I think that ha that could have an impact even under a Democratic sweep scenario. So you get a tax hike, but you get a, you get a smaller tax hike because of that, that narrow majority. I think that's generally good for the market. Um, you get a stimulus under that uh, Democratic sweep scenario, but it's probably a smaller stimulus. So I think that keeps a lid on rates to a degree. I think that's good for areas like housing and home builders, these trends that were already in place. And I think under either scenario, you probably do okay there, either under gridlock or under a Democratic sweep because of that narrow House majority. I also think about the dollar. Assuming we get a President Biden, he can do a lot by executive order on the trade front. A removal of tariffs will disproportionately benefit foreign countries. So foreign exchange being a relative game, those currencies should appreciate versus the dollar. That should be good for areas like materials and obviously emerging markets. And the last thing I'll say, just to wrap this up, because we were talking about this relative performance between growth and value, I think the blue wave had, had pulled a lot of money toward that trade, um, and I think it probably accelerated it. But I also don't think that under a gridlock scenario, it means that relative performance shift um, doesn't happen. I think that it does. You know, first of all, I think you have the recovery intact. We got pretty decent employment numbers today. We forget to talk about earnings. Mm -hmm. Companies who are beating are beating by 20 percent. The average is three or four. So you, you end up with a scenario with some stimulus, a vaccine, plus earnings growth. You have industrials, financials, materials, and consumer discretionary set to grow the most over the next couple of years. So that's where I want to be. All right, Jeff, thanks very much. Uh, let's get some more on how to play these markets uh, as we get closer, perhaps, to an answer on the election. We're joined by Michelle Connell, founder of Portia Capital Management. Michelle, did I pronounce that right, or is it Portia? It's Portia, named after the Merchant of Venice, Tyler. All right, gotcha. You know, I, there was something that was very interesting there, and in one of my notes, uh, let's talk about, let's stipulate, let's, let's assume that Mr. Biden ascends to the presidency on next January 20th. Let's assume that the Republicans hold on to the Senate, and we know, basically, that the Democrats, with a narrow majority, will hold on to the House. What sectors benefit under a divided government scenario? I think you're looking at strength uh, pushing into energy because it's been so weak this year. And now we know that regulation of energy is not going to be what we thought it was. And here in Texas, there's a sigh of relief that energy and fracking is still safe. So there's some good names in that particular sector. We're also looking at financials, which have been unloved this year, down about 15 percent year to date. And uh, looking at the fact there won't be a press for regulation on those. And every time we come out of a presidential election, health care usually does well. And I think that will be even more so the case now that we know that we'll probably have less changes in that area as well. Let, let me let me push back a little bit on energy. Uh, I, I see how. Uh, health care could be a beneficiary because a lot of the changes would need legislation uh, behind them. But the executive has a lot of power, uh, she or he, uh, to, to do things in a regulatory fashion uh, with respect to energy through the EPA and, and, and uh, uh, fuel guidelines for cars and so forth. So I, 
I'd like you to expand a little bit on why energy could be a beneficiary under Biden when indeed he said three weeks ago that he wants to unwind America's dependence on fossil fuels. I think there would have been more of a fear that that was a possibility if we did indeed have a blue wave. That's not the case now. And so you're going to have a lot of senators, a lot of people in Congress that know that their constituents are depending upon those jobs. And when you're looking at the average fracking job making about $60,000 a year, I think that's going to be a tough sell to have you know, a lot of regulation added into the energy area. Quick final thought, Michelle, before I let you go. A Biden administration will have what effect on trade and our relations with China? Is it favorable for the Alibabas of the world? It's definitely favorable because there'll be less pressure on trade. And so we've, ha we've been fortunate enough to have a weakening dollar. And now that China will have less pressure on them in terms of making concessions, I think you'll start to see more emphasis on the energy, excuse me, the emerging market side of the portfolio, the Alibabas, the Taiwan semiconductors of the world will start to do better than they have in the past. And so I like that part of the world versus some of the other parts of the world versus Europe, for instance. Oh. Michelle, thank you for spending part of your Friday night with us. Michelle Connell of Porsche Capital. Pete, let's trade these, uh, these ideas that we've just uh, knocked around a little bit. Sure. Uh, so you kick it off. What, what's your reaction there? Yeah, listening to Michelle, she's, uh, I'm on board with her on a couple of those. I, I look at the financials. I think they're too cheap. I think the balance sheets look great. We all know that there have been issues for a long period of time. That may change into the not-too-distant future. But they're making so much money in other areas, Tyler, that I just think that these, this is an area that absolutely has more upside. So we'll see. I like the financials and healthcare. By the way, healthcare, we've seen some great performance of late, and especially this week, obviously, great performance. But I don't think it's over. I think there's plenty of room to the upside still across the board, whether it's a UNH or a Merck or whatever. I think there are different aspects that absolutely can work to the upside. So I would agree with Michelle for sure on those. We're going to talk a little more later this hour on the healthcare names. But meantime, we've got some breaking news on Biogen. Let's go to Meg Terrell for that. Hi, Meg. Hi, Tyler. Well, a panel of outside advisors to the FDA just concluded uh, its vote on whether to support Biogen's Alzheimer's drug, and the vote was resoundingly negative. Now, this follows Biogen's stock rising 43% on Wednesday after the FDA's documents about the drug came out. That's that huge spike you see there at the end of this stock chart. And here's just some context about why this drug is so important to Biogen. Last year, they discontinued these trials of this Alzheimer's drug when it looked like they wouldn't work. Then in October, they got some more information that suggested the drug might work. The FDA gave them guidance that they should file for approval. And that's the process we're seeing play out right now. So earlier this week, we got the sign that the FDA is looking at this very positively. That caused the stock to bump up 40% on Wednesday, as you can see there. The stock has been halted today as they've done this vote. This outside panel of advisors has said the drug, based on the evidence they've seen, does not look like it works. 
However, the FDA does not have to listen to them. They are set to decide by March whether to approve this drug. Many expect that because the FDA was so positive Wednesday, they will still approve it, even though this panel vote was so negative. So, Tyler, that's a confusing set of things to explain, but the stock should open at some point either tonight or or Monday, and we'll see how much the market thinks the FDA is going to listen to this negative vote on this Alzheimer's drug. Ty? Interesting. It's kind of an intermediate step along the uh, along a long trail. Meg, thank you very much. Uh, Jeff Mills, let me turn to you. As as Meg just spelled it out, uh, this is not a death knell for this this drug necessarily in Biogen. What should I do in light of that? How much might the stock sell off uh, in after hours, later trading tonight and then through uh, into Monday? Yeah, one of our research analysts actually put a note out on this today. They follow the stock, and clearly this drug is massively important for Biogen. You saw the move in the stock mentioned 43 44% up the other day. So I think if this does not go well, you're going to give that back and then some. To your point, it's not necessarily a death knell, but I would be very, very careful with the name here. All right, Jeff, thanks very much. And coming up, Roku rocketing higher uh, in today's session. And one of our traders says if you missed out on the big run, there could be a new chance to get in. We will bring you that trade when Fast Money comes right back at you. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money, everybody. Shares of Roku on the rise, jumping 13% today. The streaming platform rallying after a strong earnings beat. So, Steve Grasso, what's your take on Roku? So they grew revenues by 73% or so. They grew their user base over 40%. These TVs, they're built in. Tyler, Pete and I are giving away these TVs to every new follower on Twitter. So this is how easy... You can get these hashtag just kidding, but but still they're they're growing their ad base here. But I will say this: this stock on a chart, all you technicians understand this. It checks back to its 50-day habitually, and that is 20% lower than the current stock price. So let's even say it has a rising 50-day moving average. You're due for a 15% check back. So you want to buy it? You wait. And then you could buy it uh, even cheaper and have a great deal longer term. It is all about, Pete, when you buy, not necessarily a buy and sell, not necessarily what you buy, right? That's absolutely right. You know, the, the problem is when you look at this name, you look at it and you say, my goodness, where is this thing from a PE perspective? And you could say that about a lot of companies, Tyler. We've gone through this whole pandemic and we've talked about Zoom. We've talked about all these various names. Roku is just an extraordinary, it is an unbelievable quarter that they put up. But I like Steve's idea of at least waiting for a pullback and giving you at least an idea, a roadmap of when, when it might be a better opportunity to buy All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Up next, your final trades. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. 
I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. All right, folks, time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Pete, you get to go first. I'm going to start with Marvell Technology. This thing's going higher. Going higher. Jeff, what do you think? What's next? EEM, the Emerging Markets ETF. It's above that 45 level. I think it can go to 55 pretty quickly. Go to 55. How about you, Bonowin? IBB is going to double top around 145 and has been range bound 130 to 145. I think you trade that range, IBB. And you got 10 seconds, Steve. Chewy up 140%. I think it's moving a lot higher from here. Probably another uh, 30% right. to the upside. Have a great weekend, Tyler. Thanks for, thanks for letting me be a part of the adult swim. Don't go anywhere. Options action is next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.